We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, on this night, we thank God for Christ's gift of the Holy Supper. His body and blood given and shed for you. His real presence delivers victory over guilt and the grave, over the ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan. Job 41 is also all about victory, God's victory over the same evil foe. Oh, he still means deadly woe. But as we continue our sermon series on the book of Job, blessed be the name of the Lord, we find ourselves in chapter 41. He was a professional thief. His name stirred fear as desert winds stir tumbleweeds. He terrorized the Wells Fargo stagecoach line, roaring like a tornado in and out of the Sierra Nevadas. He spooked even the most rugged frontiersmen. During his reign of terror from 1875 to 1883, he stole money from 29 individual stagecoaches. A hood hit his face. No victim ever saw him. No artist ever sketched him. No sheriff ever tracked his trail. His name? Black Bart. The book of Job introduces us to another thief. This one's still around, though. You know him, though you've never seen his face either. If you've ever felt shame or disgrace, it was his whisper that crushed your heart. If you ever felt alone and abandoned, it was all according to his plan. If you've ever felt useless and no good, it was his accusing finger pointing at you. He's the black Bart of the soul. He doesn't want our money. He wants something far more precious. He wants to kill and destroy our very lives. In Job chapters 1 and 2, he's called Satan, or the accuser. That's what his Hebrew name, Satan, actually means. He's so full of himself, isn't he, in those opening chapters? He's enamored with his own self-importance, his taunting of God, his denigrating of Job's faith. But after chapters 1 and 2, Satan disappears from view. He drops out of sight, it's like he evaporates into thin air. What's up with that? Well, in chapter 41, Satan returns full throttle. Only this chapter, he's a monster called Leviathan. Leviathan? Who's, who's Leviathan? Back in Job chapter 3, when Job's lamenting his own life, Job declares, May those who curse days curse that day, those who are ready to rouse Leviathan. Why did I not perish at death and die as I came from my mother's womb? Leviathan, at least according to Job, is linked to death. But there's more. Two times in Isaiah 27 verse 1, Leviathan is called an akash. Nakash is the Hebrew word for snake. It's the same word nakash that shows up in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. We remember that story, right? There Satan takes on the form of a wily serpent. Leviathan is a deceiving serpent. But there's still more. Take a look at Leviathan in Job 41, before our text. His sneezing flashes forth light, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the dawn. Out of his mouth go flaming torches, sparks of fire leap forth. Out of his nostrils comes forth smoke as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals, and a flame comes forth from his mouth. Leviathan is a deadly, brutal, 
vicious dragon. Revelation 12, 9. All these come together and the full identity of this supernatural creature is revealed. John writes, The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. In Job 41, verse 33, God also describes the Leviathan with these words, On earth is not his equal. That verse inspired Martin Luther to write his so-called battle hymn of the Reformation, Ein Feisberg, Eis unser Gut, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. The Reformer writes, The old evil foe now means deadly woe. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, the world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. With dread, craft, and might he arms himself to fight. And then Luther quotes Job chapter 41. On earth is not his equal. Leviathan comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. We see him in the rearview mirror. We feel his hot breath behind us. As a tempter, he's chasing after us, screaming, Whatever it is you want to do, go, just do it. Have some anger? Act it out. Have some sexual fantasies? Go ahead, full throttle. Have some gossip? Let it fly. And then, as the deceiver, he continues with these words. There are no limits, no consequences, no responsibilities. Ready, set, go. And sometimes we do. We give in to these temptations and deceptions. And then, as our accuser, he plants his foot on our neck and says, Now that you've said this, thought this, done this, drank this, smoked this, saw this, God is finished with you. But remember, Job 41 is all about victory. God's victory over this monster. God's victory over Satan. Listen to his words earlier in our text. Can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook? Or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will you play with him as a bird? Or will you put him on a leash for your girls? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? We can't, but God can. Leviathan is under God's thumb. He exhibits complete mastery over this ferocious creature. In Job 1, Satan was given limits and boundaries. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Satan becomes the Colonel Clink of the Bible. I suppose you all remember Clink, right? He's the fall guy in Hogan's Heroes. Clink supposedly ran a German POW camp during World War II. Those inside the camp, however, they knew better. They knew who really ran the camp. They did. They listened to Clink's calls. They read his mail. They even gave Clink ideas, all the while using him for their own cause. Clink may strut and prance. But Hogan calls the shots. Just so, Satan may strut and prance, but God calls the shots. Yes, there is a devil, but as Luther would often remark, he's God's devil. That is, he does not have total reign. In chapter 1, Satan was given limits and boundaries. 
he was given permission to test Job. But there's more. In the Old Testament, Satan had free access to God. Job 1.6, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. He could come and go whenever he wanted in order to accuse God's people. But in our Lord's ministry, Satan is cast out of heaven. Luke 10, 18, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, but there's still more. Revelation 20, 10, and the devil was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. Christ's victory, which we celebrated in part on Palm Sunday last week, was secured when he died, sealed when he rose, will be completed when he returns, and throws the enemy into that lake of fire. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So St. John writes in his first epistle. When Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Black Bart wasn't anything really to be afraid of. When the authorities finally tracked him down, they didn't find a bloodthirsty bandit from Death Valley. What they found was a mild-tempered businessman from Decatur, Illinois. The man that the papers pictured storming through the mountains on horseback was in reality so afraid of horses that he rode to and from his robberies in a buggy. His real name was Charles Boyles, the bandit who never fired a shot because he never once loaded his gun. In Job 41, we see Satan for who he really is. A deadly monster? You bet. A supernatural creature who can do great harm? No doubt. A tormentor of souls? Indeed. Does Satan hate God and hate us? You can count on it. But because of Jesus, he is a defeated enemy who has got no bullets left in his gun. And our response? We live in joy. We live in confidence. This is the feast of victory for our God. We celebrate our great victory with these words. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged the deed is done. One little word can fell him. And what is that little word? It brings us victory today and forever. Well, it's the Sunday school question, right? It's got two syllables and five letters. You guessed it. The word that fell Satan every time is Jesus. And it is this Jesus who comes to us now with a real body and real blood for a real victory. God's gift of Holy Communion is God's mighty fortress. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.